This is week four. We're talking about vision, faith, and purpose. This is so important because it's all tied, or I should say it in order, vision, purpose, faith. Oh, but wait, you could say faith, vision, purpose. To be real honest with you, you could put it any way you want because they're all tied together. God wants you to see things. He wants you to see everything. First of all, he wants you to see how incredible you are in him. He wants you to see how incredible he is in you and how that he's always with you. Hallelujah. Well, Proverbs 29, 18, this was kind of our foundational scripture. Uh, just, just looking at this, because this is a real mouthful. In the Amplified Classic, it says it this way, where there is no vision, and then it gives us the parenthetical definition of the word vision. And it does it, it just hits the nail right on the head in the Hebrew language. No redemptive revelation of God. It says where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. And we saw, we've talked about this, the word perish literally means to let go of. Well, if you look at Mark chapter 11, it says what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The word receive in Mark 11 is the word to seize hold of things, right? Well, this is what happens if you don't have a redemptive revelation of God, you will let that go. So like everybody who came up here, the enemy is going to talk to them about how that they didn't get anything. And you're going to have to answer him. No, 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 no. It is written, it is written, it is written, right? Because he can't, he can't take it out of your hand. He has to try to get you to let it go. In other words, God, as we've learned in the last three weeks, has given us his word to put his vision in us. How you know God is through revelation knowledge of his word, not just simply information. So many Christians they hardly ever read their Bible, or if they just read their Bible, they're not meditating in the Word, so they never really see any of it. They think they do. The Bible says if you just listen to the Word in James, you're self-deceived. You actually think you're in faith when you're not. You think you're laying hold of something, but then year after year it never manifests in your life, and sometimes People just go, well, they give up. But I'm here to tell you, that's all lies. The word of God, God gave us his word to put vision in us so that you can see that you're, that you're healed. So that you can see that you're free. Right? This is so, so big. Vision is the key to fulfilling your life's purpose. And God has a purpose for your life. It's very specific. It's tailor-made. It was made for you. 
So now let's jump over today. Let's, let's get into this. How do we walk this out? How do we walk in vision? How do I actually see things? See, you can't possess something you don't see. So to walk by faith, you have to be seeing things on the inside. And how many of you know, we could all know this from experience, if you're not seeing something on the inside from God, guess what you're looking at? You're looking at this natural stuff going on, what's happened to you, what's happening to you, and you could start to think, this is what happens in a Christian's life, you start to think, well, you know, maybe I just need to settle. But God doesn't want you to settle for second best. God wants you to walk in everything he's provided for you. Amen? He wants you to walk in it. Yeah, but I've wasted so much time. Don't worry about that. He redeems the time. Man, he's better than anything you could ever imagine. So Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 20, I want to go through this. We've gone through this before, but I want to go through it a little slower today because Proverbs in verse 20 through the end of this chapter really gives us a prescription on how to take the word of God so that vision can be birthed in you, okay? See, the reason why, if you're ever walking through something, if you're not moved by the outside, it's because you're seeing something on the inside. And what God will show you on the inside, see, truth, when you see it, it will literally make you free, right? And so we have to see the truth. It's not about what you think you know, it's about what you see. Bible knowing is you experience him. And everything flows from a revelation of who he is. Man, I'll tell you, last night, even, you know, I try, I, I finally go, go into the bed and lay down, and I can't stay there. I have to go back. I'm like, oh. So I go back and sit down, and the Lord is just, he's just talking to me about knowing him and, and growing in my knowledge and intimacy with him. It's just wonderful. Now, does that mean I'm going to grow closer to God? That's impossible. You'll never be closer to God than you were the day you got born again. You became one spirit. But what everything, all the epistles are designed to do is to show you what you've been given and what you have. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, look at the first thing he says. My son, attend to my words. That is step number one, and a lot of Christians have never made that step. The word attend, it literally means to give first place to, to give your full attention to. Yeah, but pastor, I mean, you know, I'm not like you where you just work two times a week. You know, I actually have to work a job and do something, right? No, no, this would be unjust for God to say this, right? No, you can do this in every arena of your life. I know there's been, there, boy, i got to tell you, when I was working 80 to 100 hours a week, I was still growing spiritually. Because, you know, I would do everything. The Holy Spirit would help me grow. My son, and you know, when I say that, I was in the corporate world, right? When I got in the ministry, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy after what I've been in, right? I remember one pastor uh, that I had in my life, he said, now listen, you better control your schedule 
Otherwise, you're going to be doing everything that won't grow the ministry and, and other people will be dictating everything and you won't go anywhere. And I told him, I said, listen, I go, you know, I've been in the corporate world. You've kind of lived in a bubble. You've been a minister your whole life. I'm, I mean, I literally talked to him like this. And I said, you know, I, I got this thing. I think there's like 65 people in the church. It'll be no problem. He's like, okay, well, just... Just maybe put that on a shelf then, right? Two months later, I called him up and I said, oh my gosh, I've never been so busy in my whole life, right? So funny. Satan will have you chasing your tail. He'll have you running all over the place. God wants you to keep your eyes on him so that he could birth vision in you, show you your purpose so that you're walking out his plan for your life, not being moved by the outside. This is huge. My son, attend to my words. This, this Hebrew word also means to make God's word your final authority. It's my final authority. Right? I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. That is my final authority. I'm never going to let that go. But see, it's not because I'm so big and bad. No, no, no. I'm utterly relying on him. Right? It's all, it's, my part is a rest. My son, attend to my words. Then, number two, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, now you've got to give God's word your undivided attention. Wow, would that have been easier when this was written than it is right now? Right? But I mean, it can be easy right now if you just push a couple buttons. Turn off the phone, turn off some things, right? Because we're so busy. This is where the enemy gets Christians. I'm so busy, I blink, and I haven't been in the Word all week, and what's happening now is I'm starting to, I don't even realize it right away, but I'm starting to judge everything in my life by what I'm seeing, by what I'm feeling, by what people are saying, instead of by what the Word of God is saying. Right? In other words, from this verse, the Word of God is telling us to listen to and to recognize the reality of the truth of God's Word and then take action based on that, right? We're to listen to, to recognize the reality of the truth of God's word, and then based on that, now I take action based on his word. Verse 21, let them, my words, not depart, what's this, from your eyes. Do you see that? God always wants you to be seeing his word. Seeing it. Now, you might think, okay, now, pastor, what do you mean? So when you see God's word, guess what? It, what you see is Jesus. You don't see words. By, I don't see by his stripes I was healed. When I read that scripture, I am always to see myself 
as the word says I am. Right? So I put it first place, I give it my undivided attention, then I never let it depart from my eyes. That means I, I have to make a conscious decision that I am going to always see myself as the word sees, as the word says I am. So what does the word say? Whoever the son hath, past tense, made free, John chapter 8, is indeed free. So in other words, to do this verse, I always have to see myself as I'm free. This is huge. You must see yourself as the word sees you. You must see yourself healed. Right? You must. Because if you don't see it, you're going to be moved by external things. Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst or in the center of your heart. Now this is kind of interesting because the word heart, it's, it's really, man, this word heart, it literally means your innermost being, but it also means your soulish realm. So you've seen me do this. I've got to stop doing this. I, I am a spirit and I possess a soul. No, this is the way it is. I am a spirit and I possess a soul and I live in a body. Because this is my spirit, this is my brain. It's not my mind. It's not part of my soul. If I were to leave my body right now, guess what? My mind, my will, and my emotions would go with me to heaven, with my spirit, but my brain would be in my body. It's just the organ that my mind functions through, right? So, so spirit, soul, and body. The Bible says, look at this, Keep my words in the midst or in the center of your heart. Keep them. So keep them in the center of your heart. What do you mean? In my spirit and in my soul. Right? Look at why, why do I do this? Well, let me just say this. See, when you decide to do this, when you decide to put God's word first place, give it your undivided attention, keep it ever before your eyes, and keep it in the midst of your heart. See, when you're keeping it in the midst of your heart, that's how God paints his vision. That's how vision comes, because it's in your heart. The, word, the Holy Spirit opens the word of God, and you see it. And boy, when you see something from God, because see, his word is full of life, and it's full of power. What, what that means, full of power, it means it's active and it's effective. It will go right to the core of what you need all the time. But the word has to be opened. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Verse 22, for they, God's words, are life unto those that find them. Now this word find is real interesting. It literally in the Hebrew language, it means to attain. For they are life unto those that attain them. Now, but here's the thing about this Hebrew word. It means that you come 
or attain to something, you arrive at it because you've been in motion. So now we're talking about being a doer of the word. The word of God is life to those that through motion attain it. I'm a doer of the word, right? Well, what do I do? The Holy Spirit will tell you exactly. But one thing, you want to meditate in the word day and night. You never let it depart out of your mouth. God told Joshua that, right? For they are life unto those that find them. See, this means that, that you have made God's word part of your heart. See, there's a lot of people that will come to church and their life is a mess and they're self-centered and they're prideful and it's like, God, I, I need you to fix me. And God, but God needs you to start the process. He needs you to be willing, right? He needs you to be obedient. He needs you to put him first. Otherwise, he can't do it. He would have to force you and God doesn't ever force anybody. He started in Deuteronomy 30, 19. He said, listen, guys, behold, here's some good news. I set before you life and death. Up to that point, all they had was death, right? Blessing and cursing. And then in case man couldn't figure out what to pick, he said, so choose life. Like every, th every time you come to church, you know you're tested on all this material. You'll be tested on this stuff, but here's the good news. It's an open book test. And the teacher who knows everything. Could you imagine Pastor Edwin and his, what, AP, what do you, what do you just, AP physics? Could you imagine taking that in high school? I couldn't even spell AP physics. But could you imagine, would his students be stressed out at all if when they took the test, Edwin was sitting next to them, and, 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 all, and he would sit next to them, he wouldn't tell them the answer unless they asked him. Boy, they would not be stressed at all, would they? Do you know that's the way it is for everything you face in life? The Holy Spirit's down on the inside, and he's just there. He's like, okay, right? Tony, you really messed this thing up for a lot of years. Don't worry about that. I know the way out. I know exactly what you're supposed to do. But what do we do? We don't ask him because, you know, man, I really want to lose weight, but don't talk to me about getting on a treadmill. Don't, you know, I want to lose weight, but gosh, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to eat Brussels sprouts three times a day. <laughs> right? Could you imagine? Because we're afraid that the Holy Spirit might tell us, man, dude, you got to eat some Brussels sprouts. Well, I don't want to do that. Haven't you ever had the Holy Spirit do that? Holy Spirit, what should I do? I remember sitting on my bed. I was renting a room as a young man. The, the room was spinning. Financial problems, all this stuff. I'm trying to work at enough McDonald's to make bills and all this stuff. And I'm like, God, what do I do? And he told me to give all the money that I had. And I'm like, Are you, I can't do that. Because, I mean, very quickly I went through my mind. I work 20 miles. Some of these McDonald's are 20, 25 miles away. If I give all the money I have, I only have about an eighth of a tank of gas. I, 
if I don't get to work, I'll get fired. And if I get fired, I can't make money. You just go right through all that, right? But I went to church and I did it. Sowed everything. Man, I would love to tell you that, that I was all joyous about that. I was a baby Christian. I didn't know anything, so there was just grace, right? Do you know, so I, I left church. I got in my car, and somebody came and knocked on my window and said, hey, God told me to give you this. And it was like three times. So what I didn't realize was the Holy Spirit was trying to get stuff to me had I said no, guess what? That wouldn't have happened. This is why you have to see and experience God so that you'll trust him. Because we're not gaining revelation knowledge of him, we're letting go of this incredible... I mean, he's the creator of the universe. He has no problem. If he doesn't have what you need, he'll make it. Right? But you got, when you know that, man, it, it just makes life a lot easier. And that's why we have to help people know that. That's why we teach this. For they are life unto those that find them, and health. This is a masculine noun. It, it literally means health, healing. It means a remedy. It refers to the restoration and cure of an illness. But yet we teach God heals some and not others? Really? Yeah, you know, God heals some and not others. So you could read this verse, but don't read this verse. Right? This verse has healing, this one doesn't. Are you kidding me? See how stupid that is? No, the Bible says the word, it just, and it doesn't say some specific verses. No, it says his word is health to them that find it. Right? It refers to the restoration, the cure, the renewal of a sickness or a disease. The Hebrew word also means medicine to all their flesh. Wow. So from this verse, God literally defines what life is. Life, according to God's word, is when we incline our ears and our eyes to his word, and put his word in our heart. That's life. That's how he defines life. Wow. Then he says this, keep your heart with all diligence. Keep. This means watch over. Now your heart. What are we talking about? Your spirit and your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? So he's saying keep which means guard, watch over, observe, hide. It refers to people maintaining things that have been entrusted to them. So, in other words, you're keeping the truths of God both in your mind and in your heart. Right? You're keeping the Word of God not only in your mind and in your spirit, but you're actually acting on it. You're in your actions. You're walking it out. Man, I'm telling you when, you, when you gain revelation knowledge of the love of God, you'll surprise yourself. You'll be put in situations where you just want to like, you're looking at yourself going, okay, I should be wanting to rip this person's head off right now, and all I could feel is I want to love them. 
And sometimes you're kind of like going, this is really weird. Or you get, in a, you get in a pressure cooker situation and you're like going, you know, I really should be stressed about this, but I'm not. That's the way God wants you to live, right? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues. This means the borders and the boundaries of your life. In other words, the Lord made our heart the driving force behind our actions. Why do people not do right actions? It's because of where their heart is at. I mean, just go, hey, try to, try to walk this thing out that we call faith, but just have a close circle of friends that are not Christians, that are not serving God, right? Try to believe God for healing when you're around Christians that believe that God's not a healer. It's just not, it's not going to work, right? That's why Psalm said you got to watch, in order to be blessed, you got to watch where you're walking, standing, and sitting. You must protect, you must guard, and you must maintain your heart. See, no one can consistently act contrary to their heart. You just, you're going to act in, in, in line with your heart. Verse 24, stay with me, we're almost done. Man, I've only been preaching for 25 minutes. <laughs> Put away from thee a froward mouth. This word in the, in the King James, froward, that's a little wild. The Hebrew word means a perverse mouth. It means a deceitful mouth. It describes a mouth that's speaking without integrity. Have you ever done that? You know what the word says, but you're just like, all this stuff, right? A mouth that speaks deception and immorality. We're to put away from us that mouth. And perverse lips put far from thee. Perverse lips. The Hebrew word perverse means contrary lips. What, what does that mean? Saying that you can't have what God said he gave you. Right? Saying that you can't do something when God says you can do all things through Christ. Right? Saying, here's a big one, saying that I'm not worthy when the word says he made us worthy because of what he's done saying that i'm not lovable when god says he loves me right this is that's a froward mouth verse 25 let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you in other words we don't walk like this right always looking for other options we're trying, you know, we're looking at what's going on in the world. No, let your eyes look straight ahead. In Hebrews, it tells us what this means. As we run our race, we fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the word of God, right? It says if we don't do that, we'll become wearied and faint in our minds. Verse 26, then it says, ponder the path of your feet. This means prepare the path of your feet. So today, before you go to bed, 
if you want to put God first tomorrow, you probably need to prepare that. What, what does that mean? Sit down, put a list in your phone, wake up. That's on my list, that's the first thing. Wake up. Why? Because Satan's not stealing my life. I'm waking up tomorrow, right? Next thing, it might be, if you, if you, you know, it, maybe, maybe throw in there, brush your teeth. Maybe, maybe not. But right, right very soon needs to be spend some time reading the word, declaring the word, praying and communing with God. Because if you don't, if you don't prepare, if you don't ponder, see this Hebrew word means to prepare, to make, to weigh out, to level, to guard, to watch carefully. How many of you know, what do you do? You hit that snooze button too many times. And then when you get up, shoot, I'm running late. So you jump, you shave, you do whatever, jump in the shower, and you're out the door, and you're kind of stressed. You know, you're going down Dodge, weaving, right? You know, because I got to get to work on time, whatever. And then you hit work, emails start coming, things start happening, situations start coming, and all of a sudden you're speaking wrong, you're doing, because you didn't prepare, right? Yeah, but pastor, I'm just not disciplined that way. Oh, sorry, you are. Part of the fruit of your spirit is self-control. So we can't, you know, I tried to use that excuse before. It doesn't work. It says, ponder the path of your feet. What will that do? And let all your ways be established. See, if you'll, if you'll kind of set some things up, putting God first then what happens is your feet are established. And then it says here again, turn not to the right hand nor to the left and remove your foot from evil. It gives you a whole lesson on how to position yourself where God can build vision in you. We don't have faith events. We walk by faith and we live by faith which means we have to have a constant revelation of who he is. It, it's, it's my walk with the Holy Spirit. I wasn't filled one time and then never filled again. I'm constantly be being filled. I'm constantly walking in vision all day, every day. When I go to bed, even, my mind is thinking about these things because I'm saturated with it. If I ever am sitting talking about something that I shouldn't, it's my heart's going, what are you doing? Right? This is how vision is birthed. Now we're going to get into how vision will literally show you your purpose. And, and I'm telling you, that's why Christians, they're having trouble knowing God's will for their life because they're just not taking time spending with him. Guys, we don't have time not to spend with him. Do you know God has great things for you? He has great things for every one of us, but we have to put him first. Amen?